0: Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah! Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman. and uh, this Me, guy. the guy gets
1: a fight with uh, uh, the front desk guy because he refuses to wear his mask at the Ace Hardware store. Jason...
0: The Ace Hardware store guy wasn't wearing his mask.
1: Yeah, well, I'm just saying. The, no, the, I would be that. Work, I would be that person out inside the Ace Hardware store. I can't wear a mask because I can't breathe through my nose.
0: <laughs> You're the guy with no mask. I, I love
1: I'm it. The, I'm a maskless motherfucker.
0: <laughs> oh, listen, I love it. I just wanted to make sure what we were, what I was looking at in yeah, a comedic yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and I, by the way, I like them both. I like both sides of that comedic coin.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I've been, you know, I've been going to the grocery store a couple times. I, I've started going back and shopping a little bit. And uh, I'm watching this new, this phase where it's like just mask covering face, but not nose. And it's like, I I have to just walk around. I just walk around. I like will go down an aisle and I'll be like, nope. And I'll turn all the way around and I'll go around. Like if I need to get to the milk and it's in the back, I'll go back the opposite direction, go back down cereal because fuck canned goods. I'm not getting sick in canned goods.
0: They don't care either, by the way. That people who are doing the mask thing with the nose, they're just, again, I don't like being uh, a negative. It's just they're not helping.
1: No, no. They're and not helping at all. Especially when it's the box boy at the grocery store that's not wearing the mask over his nose.
0: Uh, ah yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, there's a lot of people who want a job. I'm not yeah. saying, you know, it's not like no one's putting a gun to your head and saying you have to work at this place. No. So if you're going to do that, then... But uh, right. what I don't understand is why the people aren't enforcing laws. But anyway, I digress. I don't even want to talk about that because you know what? Yeah. We're here to have fun.
1: Yes, we are. And we're, we're, here, to what we're here to do today, and which I'm really excited to do, talk about riding.
0: Yes. Are we launching yeah. in? Yeah. Oh, good. So we can just do this, right? Because our guest today is is legend he's -hmm. goat i mean like (laughs) i haven't been i listen we've been excited for people for sure but for me it's a personal hero so i I don't even want to wait any for right is is he here is he ready can i do this oh Oh, Oh, okay great okay ladies and gentlemen without further ado again legend Goat, writer extraordinaire. You may have seen some of his movies, I don't know, Jurassic Park or more I can't, I'm not going to waste another second, but on his upcoming Audible original, Yard Work, which is amazing, narrated by Kevin Bacon, ladies and gentlemen, David Kemp. Yes. Hello. <laughs> Mr. Cap, thank you. Thank, thank that you that introduction
2: here. was inadequate.
0: I See, this is why you're great. You are, you are uh, seriously a personal hero. So I'm going to get past that. Thank you for everything you've given. And uh, how great a year was the '90s for you? Like the '92 and '93 for you?
2: Well, I just thought it would always be like that. That's the that's a problem. It's like when a rookie wins the Super Bowl. You know what are you on earth are you going to do now? But
0: what I see is a lot of loyalty. I mean, you're still even Kevin narrating this book that you have, Yard Work. I mean, which is phenomenal, by the way. Oh, I love every moment of it. Um, can we just start about that and then I can go back?
2: Sure, sure. I don't think Audible Originals would mind if you start with that.
0: We're going to start and finish <laughs> and then I'm going to cram some great stuff yeah, yeah. in between. So first thing I'm going to ask you is um, why an 88-year-old judge and why that geographical area? let's just start there
2: well the the easy ones the the geographical area i'm from a small lake town in in wisconsin uh so it's an area i grew up in and i know really well and i uh i like writing about it i you know when i i wrote my first novel that came out last summer called cold storage and it was set not exactly there but i was drawing a lot from episodes of my youth and there's something about prose writing that just makes uh you i think you draw more of yourself um out and you it's easier to express yourself and see yourself so um so that that was the reason for that the um the 88 year old guy you know the story started because i had a similar experience i was at this house we have yeah. On Long Island, there's a there are these horrible vines that were taking down, starting to take down our trees. And uh, they, these like really nasty things that blew up on Hurricane Sandy seven or eight years ago. They're invasive. They're not from here. Um
0: and, oh, okay. you know, yeah, They're not, not an, from here. Wait, yeah. Let's get back to that first it's thing. Not an anti, true.
2: It's not an anti-immigrant thing. It's an anti-vines <laughs> that kill my trees thing. Okay, <laughs> right.
0: they're and, not from here.
2: Yeah, and they, but they—they're really the trees are no match for them. And so I like, uh, you know, because I'll do anything to avoid writing. I got Me out too. my. Yeah. You see, you get out your big <laughs> shears. You say I can't possibly write until I've done the dishes, and <laughs> I
0: want to clean the whole house right. and the bathroom.
2: And In my case, it was get out the great big garden shears and some gloves, and let's get all the vines out of the trees. Um, but they fought back. It was a fer- they're ferocious, and they were really just tearing the hell out of my arms and legs before I realized, you know, maybe some pants would be a good idea. And um, so I That's thought, sure. uh, you know, as it was coming, yeah, as they were coming down, I thought one of these times there's going to be a mouth at the end of one of these. Uh, <laughs> And then I wanted to write a story about it, but I wanted it to become all the more difficult for your hero because you're always trying to put obstacles in their way. Uh, so by making him 88 and with an, a, a litany of physical ailments, um, I, made this, the, I made it that much harder for him.
0: I mean, you really did. But what, what else you did is is you kind of brought mortality into play here in a very existential crisis. What, what, what?
1: Hey, I, <laughs> what did I do wrong? say, sound like you're having an awesome discussion.
0: Can you tell the audience what yard work
1: is? Give us a, a premise before we
0: start getting
2: into the details. David, can you do that? Oh, <laughs> yeah, <I'm> happy to. <laughs> uh, so, so yard work is a, it's a it's a, a story. It's a far too long for a short story, too short for a novel. So it's perfect for a spoken word story, uh, which Audible Originals do so well. And what it's about, the basic premise is is, is that your backyard is trying to kill you. Um, And to expand on that a little, every one of us, from the moment we're born, is in a pitched battle with nature. And it's a battle we're going to lose. And as you get older, I'm 57 now, for, for a long time, you don't notice it so much in your body. And then you start to notice some things that just aren't the way they used to be. Um, Mm -hmm. Your body grows, you reach its full size, early twenties, really for the, you got about an 18 to 25 year grace period where not very much changes. It changes (laughs) a little, you know, Uh, not much, not that much really. And then it all starts to go to shit like (laughs) bit by bit (laughs) by bit. And so uh, I wanted um, this kid, the lead character in my, in my short story is this 88 year old guy who is in a, Horrible battle with nature. He knows he's going to lose it, but he doesn't want to go down that easy.
0: That's yeah, and he's a widower, and he, you know, and this tree has got a real sentimental meaning for him and his wife. So, and plus, is he suicidal? Maybe a little. Like he kind of maybe hopes it'll take him out.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah it was. There's a lot of my dad in there. Not that he was suicidal, or if he was, mm-hmm. he didn't didn't share that. But, um, you know, I think we all have had the experience, or many of us have had the experience of a, a, an older parent who is adamant about doing things themselves long after the time when they should.
0: And I'm going through this right now, David.
2: I know yeah. What you're talking about. Right. So yes. what is it? Is it uh, the cleaning the gutters at the top of a 15 foot ladder? What was the
0: driving? He wants to drive. He wants, you know, it's everything. It's, it's all the dangerous stuff he wants to do right now. Yeah. You know, it's like, you can't, you can't do that. It's not. No. And,
2: and I wanted to put my, myself in the, in the, in the mind of that person. And I think I realized why they, don't, because you know you, you don't want to give it up. When you give it up, it's gone forever. And uh, you know, li- life is uh, life. You reach a point where life stops giving you things and starts taking them away. And that doesn't mean that you let them go easy. So, I, and I like that. I, I thought I knew that guy, and I could write him
0: you did and i knew him too after you after you were done with it now let me ask you this uh, i also felt like i knew the hardware store guy was it jeff jeffrey jeff. Or yeah i love that guy i feel like you're a little that guy too though with the pickup truck i gotta say when i was listening to the description and him talk and now i see your face i'm like that's kind of how i pictured jeffrey's face
3: <laughs> so-
2: Jeff's a guy. jeff is a yeah he's a hardware store owner and part-time dope dealer in uh in rural wisconsin and uh this guy he's he, a really nice guy and yeah. he's kevin bacon gives him a just a lovely little stoner lilt in his voice that i thought was a, just Fabulous. really really fabulously performed yeah
0: okay so let me ask you this is there any metaphoric meaning or any symbolism to this blue adirondack chair and the two chairs facing the lake and the magnetic force that the lake brings like what is the undertone to this because i feel there's got to be something
2: I think it's just a it's a yeah it's a life force you know water is where we come from, um, in a lot of cases water is where we want to go. Uh, as I mentioned, I grew up on a lake, and there is a thing about staring out at the lake. Um, you you look at water. You know, there's a there's a reason people build houses around lakes and they build you know beachfront property. And they, you want to look at water. It's hypnotic. It's soothing. It's life. And uh, it's also death. Um, and uh, so and, and I noticed, you know, there's a lot of times, you know, if you're driving your kids around, particularly if they're at an age where they're not so much into the talking necessarily, <laughs> like, you know, teenagers. Um, yeah. if, if you're driving your kids around in a car, sometimes they'll open up. And the reason is because they're you don't have to look at each other. Sitting down and staring at each other and talking about something like your feelings or some horrible mm-hmm. thing like that is really unpleasant. But if you're, you know, there's some situations like riding in the car, cleaning up the kitchen, sitting in chairs looking out at the lake, where uh, you can the tougher subjects can come up. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, like I went to get that biopsy. I mean, yeah, drop, exactly. yeah, but dropping that in there was very, very got me, you know, just saying that because I'm listening to the prose of this and I'm, I'm going, OK, this all makes sense. And then you drop that in. I'm like, oh, OK, yeah. now I just love this guy more.
2: And it's 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 a, it's, a, it's it's that it's his relationship with his adult daughter, um, uh, which is fraught, you know, because she's now. A bit of an adversary because she's starting to tell him what he can't do and doesn't want him to live there. And so they're 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 combatants as much as uh, family members.
0: Well yeah, but also a litigator, right? That I mean, why do you make yeah, that doesn't it? help? I mean, I love it, but you know, why do you choose that? Did you have bad litigation,
2: David? Uh, yeah. Is there a good is there a good litigation? No. Have you ever not. been deposed? It's the worst experience in the world.
0: Ever. I would honestly rather do anything.
2: Yeah, it's enraging. Um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so because he was a judge, you know, you try to have ideas flow from ideas. And I think it made a lot of I wanted her to be smart and I wanted her to be combative. And it makes a lot of sense to me that he's, you know, been in the legal profession all his life and she's smart and grew up around that, that she would go out and uh, become that. And also sometimes there are some of your kids uh that just like to argue more than others of your kids mine <laughs> yeah.
0: i have to stop at least 10 times a day I go, why are we arguing like he's like we're not arguing you're arguing
2: and the, the answer might be because it's fun because it's because we're breathing because it's you know uh it's how we it's how we relate uh so um so i thought that would make her fun and it would give the it could give the tenor of their conversation uh you know make it kind of combative yet humorous and then until it isn't anymore and he tells her it's not fun anymore.
0: Yeah, and you certainly did uh, achieve that with zero doubt. And, and okay, so I want to go back for a second. I mean, I know it's going to sound maybe somewhat pedantic, but uh, it, Jurassic Park. What what just give me a minute, okay, of this because you you're writing big movies. So right? you get into this groove, right, where you're starting to write big films, and then how does Jurassic Park come about? Cuz that's the next level, right?
2: Yeah, that was, well, I started, my first couple of movies were Independence, um, uh, Apartment Zero and Bad Influence, uh, you know, they're small independent movies.
0: Saw it in the theater, David, Bad Influence.
2: No kidding. Oh. No. Yeah. Uh, so that was you. Um, yeah, it was, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> some people went. Um, and the... Yeah, but then uh martin donovan and i had written a script and uh we did apartment zero and we'd written uh, death becomes her which we thought was going to be another independent movie because it was small and weird and, you know it was kind of a horror comedy which is <laughs> a very hard movie to get made um so we figured it would be around a five million dollar independent movie if we could really pull pull it together and then you know to our surprise <clears throat> bob zemeckis wanted to do it it became It became a much bigger movie. And I was at the time then I had sold it to Universal because I'd started writing for them on a sort of low low level contract basis. Mm. And, uh, you know, about Jurassic Park, I I think I did very good work. I know I worked very hard. I stayed late. I ordered in, Uh, you know, (laughs) I, I, I think I synthesized some material beautifully. I think I wrote some very funny lines. But look, I was in the right place at the right time. I And, you know, I was 29 years old. This genius level book with a brilliant idea came along. Um, the director was, you know, the most successful commercial filmmaker of all time. Yeah, that um, guy. I took a look at the book. Casey Silver at Universal was nice enough to you know, suggest me to Spielberg. And I went, I read the book and I had some ideas and he liked them. And he took a chance on a new guy. Um, so I, I, I'm fortunate, especially in the, you know, I've had 30 years to think about it. Um, <laughs> I, I know how incredibly fortunate I was. I do believe all the other stuff that I worked hard and I wrote some good stuff. <clears throat> but I know I also know how lucky I was.
0: Well, I mean, do you remember the call where where you get it, like when where Spielberg calls you, Steven, Sorry, Mr. Spielberg. Sorry, did, did uh, he call you, or is it a call like from the agent, like where you get this? Job?
2: Eh, the studio said, "What if you uh, take a look at this?" And then then they set up a meeting, and I went and met him. Um, okay, and and told him my stuff. Yeah, I remember the first meeting though. It's it's uh, it's um, it's tough, you know, like it, because I, I I was born in '63, so. When I, from in in my period from say 14 to 21 years old, I was watching Jaws, Close Encounters, Raiders, ET. You know, these are the formative movies of my youth. So
0: I'm 52, so me too, David. I'm with you. Yeah. A little younger, but all in the theater, every one of them.
2: Yeah. And and in the theater numerous times. So, (laughs) yeah. So it's not, um, you can't go in and pretend that that didn't have an impact on you and but i did learn stephen was very good about early on he started saying things like um you know i I can't remember what exactly but he'd say something like oh i just love working with a colleague like you you know or uh well we're really partners on this and he was was being very generous and trying to get me to just relax and, (laughs) and do my thing and not you know write what i thought he'd want but write something that i would like
0: uh what is it our heart out oh no it's not hard
1: out yet oh, we thank God. Whole minute, but i wanted yes. to yes you know, before we go into the next piece because there's tons of stuff here um Please. i just want to see if we, it's okay if we play a little uh expert excerpt of the the book uh as read by kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. Yeah. all right let's do
0: That's that awesome let's do that i'm gonna be quiet
1: <laughs> yeah right yeah. Um, no i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> <laughs> fuck
0: you
3: The judge led him now to the edge of the forest, about 30 feet from the house. Oops, can you
1: hear it? I lost it. I did too, hold
0: on, sorry. This is part of the fun of our show, David.
1: (laughs) I'm just breaking everything,
0: hold
3: on. The judge led him now to the edge of the forest, about 30 feet from the house, where the big dying maple was overgrown with the vines. Jeff looked up and around and he let out a long, mmm. Took a few steps into the forest, gave several tugs of assessment on one of the vines, and promptly cut a gash in the palm of his hand. Nasty little fucker. Sure is. Jeff stepped back just out of the edge of the woods and took a long, contemplative moment of professional assessment. Finally, he rendered his opinion. I say fuck it. Beg pardon? The judge asked. This shit's dug in good. Leave well enough alone. I'll have it back from the house if you want me to, but you should probably just let nature do its thing, Herman. Let nature do its thing? Yep. I decline. You decline, Judge? Yes. I will not let nature do its thing. Do we have, like, a choice in the matter? Yes, we have a choice. Of course we have a choice. Look at that. It's going to choke the life out of all the trees. Jeff looked into the forest again. They well do. Well, I would rather it didn't. I planted a half dozen of these trees myself. Some of them went in when I bought the place. See the big oak in the middle? He gestured to a majestic 75-foot tree that anchored the center of the wooded area. Ugly green vine was draped over it like a shroud. But you could still tell that beneath the vine, it was a magnificent tree. We and I planted that on our honeymoon. Couldn't afford to go anyplace else, so we came up here and spent two weeks planting and painting. No shit, that's super romantic. What year was that? Doesn't matter, it can't have that tree. Yeah, I hear you there. Jeff looked out at the big tree again, but it's gonna take it. Unacceptable. Come on, Jeff, what'll it take you? A week, maybe two at the most? Jeff puffed out his cheeks and let out a long sigh. I guess Beth could probably cover at the store. That's ah, the spirit. Yeah, well, tell you what. Let me get back to you on this, Herman. Sound good? He headed for his truck. That's
0: it. <laughs> and that's the heart of the story, though. I mean, it really is. That tree and why it's there and why it's unacceptable. That's where it really lands. Let me ask you this, because there's so many ways, David, you could have gone with these vines, right? They could have been alien in nature. They could, there's so many things, especially when the thing is, I don't want to give too much away, but the moving part. It, how do you, you, but you decided to keep it so grounded.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that one of the nice things about a prose story as opposed to a movie is you're allowed to leave leave things the tiniest bit ambiguous and and I wanted to walk a little bit of a line between uh what might be real and what might uh, what this 88 year old guy in the 90 degree heat with not enough water might be adding in his mind um and he's aware that he's forgetful and he's aware that he gets confused and mm-hmm. I wanted to be inside that feeling um and I think he gives us enormous sympathy toward him. Um, but it also lets the story unfold in a, in a way that's, you know, uh, kind of exciting because you're not 100 percent sure it's happening. I have my own conclusions about how much of this actually happened. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think it all happened. But, um,
0: <laughs> really? Did nothing happen in, in your little, mind?
2: No, I think, it, I think it all really Oh, it did. all happened. Yeah. OK, good. But it um, but there is a little room and it also. Um, uh it, it, it's not in movies, you know, audience, an audience absolutely will not put up with an ambiguity. There are certain kinds of movies, you know, in art houses for which you expect to be confused or, you know, <laughs> or not have all your questions answered. And you're totally fine with it. But right. any kind of popcorn movie. No, I want this answered. I want to know how I want to. I don't want to wait very long to know how I am OK, I'm confused for one scene. You better tell me it's OK to be confused. There's just a lot of rules movies. and I get tired of them. And uh, I feel like an audience of readers or listeners is is much more patient and forgiving than, than, than a viewer. Even me. I'm not bagging on everybody else. I'm the same way.
0: So let me ask you this. Just retrospect kind of question uh, for everyone listening and for myself. Uh, from my perspective. You know, you, you've reached the top of the mountain in, in writing. Is this everything you thought it was going to be and everything you wanted it to be, you know, when you saw it in your mind as to where you're sitting now?
2: Um, well, what you want changes, you know, um, as, as you go on, uh, hopefully. Um, you know, when I was young and I moved to L.A. Uh, to go to film school, what I wanted, and I used to tell my dad this, I, I don't I, I want to write, but I, I, it's okay if I don't manage to work writing. I just want to get paid doing anything in the movies. And then, you know, you get your first, like, $100 a week intern job where you are being paid to do anything, and you're <laughs> like, okay, I, actually, I want a little more than that. I, you know,
0: yeah, I'm not good with this.
2: Yeah, and uh, so what you want continues to evolve. And I used to think what I wanted was, you know, to be able to have an office on a studio lot and, you know, uh, raise family in Los Angeles and, and and just go into the studio every day and make movies. And I had that briefly. And then I didn't want that. Um, I wanted freedom. I wanted to be out of there. I didn't want to be on the studio lot. I wanted to be anywhere but the studio and think of new things. And then I didn't even want to be in LA. I, so I moved to New York with my family. and. I wanted to be somewhere where different kinds of ideas would come to me, and you know it, things continue to evolve that way. So, no, it's not what I thought it would be because I guess I thought of an end hmm. to you know what I mean. Like when you're yeah, young and you have goals, you say, "Well, that's the goal," and when I get there, I'm there, but I'm done. The moment you reach a goal, you have a different goal, um, and also I uh, because otherwise you're inert, and you know. You're- <laughs> You know, no good. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it, in on yourself. It's not the it's not human nature um, no. at all. Not at all. You, you continually strive. It's just why you try to do things you haven't done before.
0: Yeah. And then we get this. So you write a book last year with cold storage. Right. Great reviews. And it did very well, doing very well still. And now you do this. So what's next?
2: I'm working on another book. Um, and, uh, you know, I got a couple of movies kicking around. I had, a, I had a treatment kicking around 20th. I think that's a line in Sunset Boulevard. Um, it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, but you're always, I got a few ideas. I'm trying to help see the light of day. Um, and you try to, you try to, Try to enjoy your days at the office. You know, what you don't do, and it took me uh, a few years to realize this, <laughs> what, you, what you don't want to do is try to repeat any success, catch any lightning in a bottle a second time. Don't try to go back to the well. It will not work. Um, Can you
0: give an example of what you mean?
2: Well, if it, you know, I had, as you pointed out, in the '90s, I had success writing, you know, these big uh, adventure type movies or spectacle type movies, and then you think, oh, well, that's what I do. That that that's what I do, and I must do that. Um, and you know, if you try and repeat it, you do work that looks like you're trying to repeat it, and it's not deeply felt, and it's not evolving. You know, and. You know, young artists of any type, actually young humans of any type, if you have any success at anything, don't crank your overhead up to where you think you can now afford. Keep your overhead low so you can do different kinds of things.
0: That is. It that
2: took me a while to learn that.
0: Yeah, that's really. What do you got, Jace?
1: Oh, nothing. I am actually the red light this time.
0: Oh, I knew it was happening soon. I know no, it had to. Good things, you know.
1: I, um, I know that uh, I was just kind of laughing as you were talking, and I was just thinking about like if you could figure out a way to write the new Indiana Jones so it looks like Harrison Ford's actually
2: enjoying himself. <laughs> 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 um, I got. I, I was a few minutes late. I'm happy to do uh, seven or eight more minutes if that's. Oh, if cool.
1: you, yeah, absolutely. We'd yeah. love to have oh, you for longer. Okay. To oh, call, yeah. Make sure you're good. Then I'm. I'm going to say one quick thing. Cause, uh, please, I know you've got a couple of again. questions, Jason, well, sure,
0: so please. please.
1: I want to mention that Yardwork is available on Audible's new $8 a month Audible Plus and available free if you subscribe to the usual $15 a month Audible plan. And I'm out.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Do.
0: That's how we do. So my mentor for a long time was John Milius, and he told me the story about Temple of Doom with uh, Mrs. Spielberg and how he got this gun for doing a... Some kind of uh, uh, something. Uh, he did like a monologue or something. Same thing for Jaws. Right. And it's like, you know, I, I just look at this. You're a part of all this history, this, this film history that, you know, everyone's going to look back on and does now and says, OK, so these are the biggest things ever. So when you reach that mindset, David, and this is not this is different than what I asked before. When you reach that mindset, where do you I understand you move and you look for ideas in different places, but. There is no topping what you did. So what you're saying is like, what well do you go back to when you hit that level on every sort of genre?
2: Where where do you go? Well, you you try to, you still write movies. The number one rule is, what is a movie you want to see? Mm -hmm. Would you pay you know, whatever it is, $150 to sit down, you know, (laughs) to sit down in a movie theater and watch this. And the answer is no, because I don't want to go to a movie theater right now anymore. Let's say I can again. And one day soon, um, I I will, do I want to go sit there? Would I want to take a burrito in at lunchtime and watch this movie by myself, which is my absolute favorite way to watch any movie. Um, a burrito. Yeah. Uh, it's easy to eat. You do it over the wrapper. Try to be quiet. Um, The uh, but nice. do I want to see the movie? If if the answer is mm, probably, uh, do not write it. And that'll change as you get older. What I want to see now is different from what I wanted to see when I was thirty five. So um, you can't. The point is you can't think of the end result. You can't think, well, this will be huge and everybody will want to see it. Hmm. You got to think this will be great and I'd see it. Uh, and then acknowledge as you're writing it if the budget's going to be big you got to make certain um you got to prepare for that you got to make sure that it has certain things that are going to be appealing to an audience of that breadth and uh, will encourage a studio to pay for it but i just try to write the stuff you want to see when you want to see it uh that's That's great
0: advice and and what about you moving into doing some kind of original series i just want to see it so that's why i'm asking and so i I just want to see what you come up with
2: i'd like to um there's a couple problems. Uh, I, I, I tried TV once about 20 years ago, but it was networked. It, it, it was very different from what TV is now. Yes, I did not enjoy the experience. Um, the, the, the you know, I've had a couple ideas for TV shows in the last few years. The problem for me is I, I very much like when things end. I get a lot of different ideas. And I like to be able to then go on to this other idea and say, oh, and plus I had this idea or, you know. Um, <laughs>
0: And you can't do that.
2: And 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 in TV, you're 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 you know, you got to see something all the way through. There's another problem. <clears throat> There's other people involved with writing it, and they may Lots have of people, and they may have opinions. You know, <laughs> in fact, it's almost guaranteed that they're going to have opinions, and have
0: plenty of them.
2: Writing to me is a chance to make the world as you see it. But if it's a chance to make the world as you and six other people in a room see it, it, it doesn't seem as enjoyable to me. And finally, <laughs> the times I, the times I've oh. tried to work out a TV show, um, I, I figured I think I, I think I saw the game, and it ruined it for me, which is i was pitching something and I, I said and then in the next episode blah 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 and they said oh that's great oh my god that's so exciting but that that's not the second episode that's got to be like year two you oh, gotta give me flashbacks yeah giving and me flashbacks. everything back and i said oh i get it you guys it's all the big stall yes. and and i don't like that
0: Yeah, like I I did a thing, just what you said. It was, I'm ignoring you, Jason. It was, you know, okay, and at the end of the pilot, she jumps off the four seasons in Cleveland, and that's the fake and they're like, ooh, ooh, and they buy it, and then we're writing it, and they're like, do you think she needs to jump off in the pilot? What about at the end of the first season? Maybe she's pregnant in the pilot.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just seeing it get pushed
0: further and further away.
2: (laughs) And it's all, it's just, because the prime directive is, this must not end. It cannot end, and I like endings. That
0: doesn't work. And speaking of endings, is that what you're going to oh, say, no, Jason? this is the ending. I just wanted
1: to let you know, my business partner, Dan Harmon, also writes mm-hmm. for TV and all that stuff, and he has a trick to get everything to write, write his own. I just want to share it with you. It's be a miserable old bastard and <laughs> make everybody in that room miserable until you have to write it yourself because nobody will. Because <laughs> <you're laughs> you put it off until the last minute. That's the trick. I just want
2: to let you guys know it, it does work. Uh, I'll have to give that a go. That sounds, like-, <laughs> it sounds like it's going to work.
0: I feel like Herman, your judge character, would know how to do that very well.
2: Scare him off.
0: <laughs> yeah, real, yeah. real simple. I don't think it would be that hard. Uh, okay, so we, we're not looking at a uh, at a TV show from you in it, your future. If I
2: had a great idea, I, but the thing is, I think I'd want to, like, write the whole thing and then say, here, do you want to make this? All right, go uh, ahead. I think I'd, I'd want to, um, maybe with a, a, a partner, uh, John Camps, I write with sometimes. He's a lot of fun to work with. Um ah. But, uh, you know, write 8 to 10 hours and then go try to find the money for it. But the idea of writing 8 to 10 hours and then going out to find the money and not finding it is so heartbreaking. You yeah. <laughs> don't know if I could face it.
0: It's, it's the world. Okay, so you've done, like, both sides, right? Do you like starting from the beginning more? Or do you like getting brought in to come in and be the guy who's greenlighting this movie? Which I know you've done many times. So, which uh, I, one?
2: I, oh, God, starting from the beginning. I, from, the most fun is making them up. That's mm-hmm. absolutely the most fun. It's when everything's possible and it's all brand new and it's very exciting. Um, I haven't actually done that much rewriting where I come in late like that. I've done it a few times, um, but it's 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 a very particular kind of thing, and you're really um, you know you show up with a tool belt on and you go so the cabinets aren't uh, they don't open you can't get them open and you know they and they say no and then you start working and they go maybe the, these cabinets shouldn't even be on this wall we want to put them over here and you're like okay I'll put the cabinets and you know so you you're doing and you're also coming in there's usually tensions are running a little high. Mm. And some key people aren't getting along. And so part of your job becomes, you know, well, what I think he's really saying is, and, you know, he actually loves your ideas. I just don't think he, you heard him right. And, you know, there's a lot of um, that kind a of. Refereeing. Thing, which, yeah, which is fine. And it's a it's a particular uh, skill, and that's why they pay you well for it. But um, I just really like dreaming them up. Jason? No, I'm here for real.
3: Uh.
0: Mr. Kep, I cannot thank you enough, Jason. What were you oh, going to say?
1: I just want to say thank you for uh, yeah you know, thank you for my a, a big portion of my teams and 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 creating stuff that I'll remember forever. i I just really appreciate that, and so I sincerely just want to say
2: thank you well, thank you. That's really nice, fellas. I, uh, I appreciate that it was a it was a treat to be there, and I mean it when I say I know I know how lucky I was.
0: Awesome. Thank well, you, again, Mr. Cup. Jesus. this is awesome. The artwork
1: is on Audible Originals that just dropped today, right? With uh, yeah,
0: but it's fabulous. Yeah. I've already listened to the and whole thing, and it's, and it's great.
1: It's great. Thank you. And, and the new Audible system. Welcome. I really do like what Audible is doing with these Audible Originals. No joke. Um, you know they have a whole new tier where they're offering all these things for like a, a decent fee, and for a little bit extra you still get your credits. And I've I've been listening to this. I listen to a few other show, uh, originals, and they're doing a great job. And-
2: there is a vast array of material, really good material you can listen to, and in all different formats. You want 10 hours episodic? You got it. You want 12 hours of a story? You got it. Or shorter story like ours? Um, it's it's yeah it's it's a, it's a just a great new medium.
1: Yep, yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Uh, please, thank you, uh, anytime you want to come back, we can talk yes.
0: to you for uh, three more About anything. Yeah, anything <laughs> Thanks you got, bring it here wow. first. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank thank you. You. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Thanks thank for having me. David Kemp, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. All right. Oh. He actually stayed. I mean, how cool. He's like, it's I so can stay an extra seven or eight minutes. I, I was uh, it's like, you weren't late. <laughs> you were fine. Like, he he's gone. so nice.
1: He's
0: oh. so nice. He was so great. Oh. Um, I got a car. I got a. A little adrenaline, I Alright.
1: To... Uh, well, while you're doing that, let me tell you about it a little bit because there is some Audible Go stuff ahead. I want to talk to you about because this Audible, we have our first Audible original also from Starburns Audio that just launched on yeah, today. Uh, yeah, I
0: knew you were telling me about this. Yeah. What, what's going on?
1: So we have a we have one called Immaculate Conception, and it's the story of um, Isaac and Abby Fetter, and they were, um, you know, this is their story of IVF. So she, you know, they this starts with their marriage when they're talking about having babies and finding out that they can't, and then all the different paths they go through to try and get pregnant. And it's a very long story, You know, with an ending that I don't wanna ruin, but it's, it's sad and it's happy and it's scary. And it's, it it's true? a lot of things and uh, it's 100% true. Um, and they, you know, Isaac is a, a documentarian and he, he was planning on videoing and, and recording all this just because he wanted to record the birth of his baby. Had no idea this is where it was gonna turn. So, we have a lot of footage from and audio and stuff from from doctor phone calls from visits to the doctor oh. from them from proposals, and then you know going into this bridge and throwing this thing off the side of the bridge, which is some old Jewish thing that i don 't understand and um, and, oh. and from from the from from the the calls to the song from, to everything, and it's just their whole story all the way through. It's recorded in a very cinema, verte kind of idea. So there's no narrator. It's them telling the story through different tales and and these audio clips. And uh, we really really love it.
0: This is what Audible's doing, and we were talking about this yesterday. You know, offline. See, I don't say off the air anymore. Offline. Um, uh, about, about Audible giving this new, uh, cause I started listening again, yard work, but across the board, if you open up Audible originals, you know, the, the, the plethora of genres and things that are already there, forget about, you know, what's coming up right? and, and, and writers at the level of, of David Kep and so on as well, you know, with, with Kevin Bacon and all these great stars narrating, um, It's also a, it almost seems like a a last bastion, you know, for artists where they can go. It's like, hey, you know what? You have a smart idea, you have something really interesting. Let's do it over here at Audible. And you know what? We'll pay you. Oh, and you know what? You can keep your IP. Yep,
1: absolutely. And that's pretty great. It's great. So we've got something coming out later in this year that we just got kicked off. Actually, we officially kicked it off with money today, uh, which is great. Um, that's a
0: great uh, kickoff. A long
1: time. Uh, <laughs> uh, money. I, I don't want to get into too far except to call it, you know, say it's a rock opera with a, with a comic twist. That's going to be really great. We're, we also have another show with uh, James Urbaniak, who's a very, very talented comedian and writer. Uh, that had a great podcast for a long time where he told short stories that we have that's coming out. This is
0: all Audible. These will be on Audible. Oh, this is fantastic.
1: Uh, I've been listening, in the, the, we don't get any money for this, but I've been listening to the Sandman comic from Neil Gaiman. Uh, the DC comic. Uh, they they basically turned it into an audio drama. The first like 12 chapters of that comic book. And it's how long re- is that? Um, it's about 12 hours, and it No, by changing-
0: the way, we don't get any money for this. We're you know oh, this is not a paid ad that we're reading. We just uh-huh. like what Audible's doing yeah. as artists. James McAvoy. And we'll spend our time on it. Yeah. Oh James wait, McElroy. James McAvoy.
1: Oh. James McAvoy, uh, Professor X is the plays the Sandman, and there's a it's all star cast. Um, and I'll tell you what. It's not something you want to listen to when you go to bed, but I do every day because it's like very creepy and there's some dark shit in there, uh, okay. but it is amazing. And the, the sound quality is just incredible. And they do foley and all that fun stuff. They have some really cool stuff. And these are all the free things. You know, it's, it's kind of weird. These originals are all free. Um, but they have some of the best uh, production value. That's the books where it's just one person reading that you have to actually pay for. So it's pretty
0: fucking cool. Yeah, the originals are fantastic, really. So, I, and by the way, there's a bunch to look forward to. So, and, and I think I, I foresee we'll be having more authors and whatnot from Audible on here. I, I have no doubt as we get deeper into the content, because again, we always talk about we need content. Give us more yes. content. Yeah. So. Content. Do you want to talk about a few things? What do you yeah, think? I want to talk about we got. What do we got? We got. Oh, we got some time, man. Yep. It's gonna go fast. I know. Okay, so should we go and just talk about this Action Park, Class, yeah, class action, action Park, park. on yes. HBO Max?
1: Yes. Okay, so if you uh, haven't seen this show uh, yet, and I'll bring up a preview of it while we uh, talk, but um,
0: yeah, this documentary. Class Action right
1: Park is. is a documentary on a place called Action Park that's in New- Vernon, New Jersey, right? Great Gorge. Great Gorge, New Jersey. Action Park. And it's a story, and, it, and from what I understand, it's a guy that fucking like lived there. Half Hugh Hefner, half Donald Trump, that created this place. That just so. And I'm am gonna I'm gonna stop there and let you start talking because you have actually been there.
0: Oh, I lived there. It was like the place, you know. It was like great adventure, and then you know, like. Action Park was where everyone really cool went and I was like, if you're just nuts, you're a little nuts and, you know we would wear like, you know, my buddy Chris would come back to, you know, like if I didn't see him over the weekend he'd come back, he'd be at school, in high school and we would be like, you know, just rip his whole arm and his leg off, it looks like he laid down like a bike going 90 miles an hour Uh, I'm like, oh yeah, Alpine Slide, you know, he's like, yeah (laughs) bitch Alpine Slide, it's like, do that yeah. I mean, and, and by the way, there's no way you're supposed to stay on that track. That track was meant for you to flip. <laughs> on top of it, on top of it, I spent most of my time at the motor park. Well, like I was I was, the, oh, I remember her. She was always, I was, I was like, she's so hot. I was like 16. So, and she had that okay, so, accent, so action park.
1: So there's three parts of this park, right? There's the, the uh, water slide portion, which had... Cliffs that you could jump off of, Tarzan swings, this loop that killed, like almost
0: killed. Look at that loop, G-force.
1: Nine, it's like nine. It's like (laughs) it's like as high a G-force as like flying in a a space shuttle. Yes. Uh, And it would. um, One of the early stories is that people would hit their heads on the top, lose their teeth, and then other people, once they fixed the slide, would actually go around and get road rash and burns because they would.
0: And lacerations from the teeth, from the teeth that were stuck. That were embedded.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so there's the water slide park, which is crazy. They had 20-foot jumps. They had, they had um, slides that would just land in nowhere. Then there's the, uh, the place where there's the, the, the alpine slide, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just death um, on a slide. And if you didn't put the brakes on it, half of them didn't work. And then there were yeah. actually kids who would drop
0: That's it. There. That's they the would, alpine slide. It's a cement. Would, Wait, go ahead. Go
1: ahead. But they would drop their little luges on people on purpose, like, two Wait or three times a week, just to see if they could hit people.
0: Oh, yeah, as the people are going down, because they're in the ski. You see, originally this place was a Great Gorge uh, um, uh, ski resort. And ski, he doesn't have snow all the time. So he's like, all right, he just says screw it, I'm going to start building every insane, we didn't know this growing up in Long Island, there she is again, in Long Island, we were like, oh, that place, it's an amusement park, Great Adventure, uh, Vernon Valley, you know, Great Gorge Action Park, but no. No, I have seen this, you know, I guess now it makes sense why we were always getting hurt and coming back with gashes and, you know, we didn't care.
1: Because he would just, he would take the engineering blueprints and just change them. He'd just make his own thing, right? He'd just go, Oh, no, this has got to be cooler. Like, he sounds like the raddest dude in the world because he's like he's creating Uncle George. real danger. And then, and then there's this, uh, they also have all the different um, fests. They have Oktoberfest and Polish Fest and all the fests. Yes, and then, the big tent. Then you were talking about the Motor City. So on the opposite side of the freeway, where you have to actually cross the freeway, right? Up, like, yes. so there's a thing across the freeway. There is yeah. the bar, which where they have the Oktoberfest stuff, and the cars, right? And the cars and boats, so there's speed boats. And cars that you could drive
0: serious around. speed boats by the way serious speed
1: right they were they were actually like they were they, they were real like legit boats that could go like 30 40 miles an hour
0: at least by the way at least I mean these things are the wave pool honestly I, I remember being scared in the wave pool the waves were so strong on top of it he made that uh, Colorado uh, river ride. Yeah. The Wild Colorado River. He originally designed it so people could feel the what is it? Four level four, oh, class four yeah. level rapids. Level four rapids, which
1: which you shouldn't have to feel in a in a ride. Well, no,
0: he had time. to bring it down. Too many people got injured.
1: Well, and, and and there was a comment in there that I thought was really funny and also scary. Was there, there there's actually a lifeguard chair right in that area, and he didn't want to man it because he said, yes, he, he said that there's not a lifeguard on the Colorado River.
0: Yeah, if you're in the Colorado River, no one's gonna, your lifeguard's coming by to push your boat into the right way. It's like, okay, lunatic, but these are kids from all over the place. Right. I mean, it was nuts. Best times ever, by the way.
1: Right, And 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 then there's a second layer to this, which is it's a whole bunch of people from New Jersey. So if you're, so there's fights going on, from what I understand. There's so many like, fights. There's people mocking you if you don't like There's this Tarzan swing where you can swing out and land, right? And if you, did, <laughs> if you fell or dropped early or didn't, you know, didn't do something cool, they'd be like,
0: Get out of the water, you fucking pussy. Yeah. Pussy! Did you, pussy! Did you ever scream Yeah, pussy was, I was one of the people screaming pussy. <laughs> you fucking pussy! <laughs> like, sorry, that's three. I got to give one back tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, every day. And it's like, you know, now we're all PC and everything. There was no PC back then. There were no safety rules. This is like back, like, you know, this was the equivalent of no car seats for babies. Right was Action Park. And no one gave a crap. They would get fake IDs. They didn't even have to be, like, even look real. And you would just use that as, like, a license to go drive the Indy cars. And by the way, the Indy cars went 60 miles an hour, these go-karts. Oh, yeah. With and Indy they, bodies.
1: There's a story about them actually taking them on the freeway, which is right next to it. Um, yeah. So cool. I wish I... Yeah, go ahead. No, nothing. Go ahead. I'm, I'm I was
0: going to say I wish I knew the staff. Like, I didn't realize the staff was all teenage kids, too. Like, I guess I was too busy in my own world with my friends. But... I kind of wish I got to be friends with them and got to go to some of those parties and the Come On, I Want to Lay a uh, party, party overnight. They all slept there yeah. at the action park. I mean, how great does that sound? It
1: sounds amazing. I mean, when I was I used to work as a lifeguard at a water park for, for a summer, and uh, we got to ride the rides a lot differently than everybody else, and it was fun. You get to kind of test them out and do some crazy stuff on them, but we had nothing near as crazy as this, and uh, I got to say, I... I told my wife this the other day and She just goes Nobody ever would say this And I was like Kind of made me wish I would grow up in New Jersey In the 80s Because I would have had <laughs> A fucking ball
0: Yeah You would have It's um It was a free for all man and, and on top of it It was just Everybody there Like they said It was like You'd go down these uh, slides And there was a slide That was 90 degree It was just like And it had a It had a um, a, a thing on the top yeah, I mean uh, so that. if you fell forward it would bounce you back just when you first went down because when you first go down you kind of lift off the slide because it's straight down and, uh, and then it just shoots you out on this ramp but everybody's uh, it, the water, the, the colonic that would go up your butt and girls would lose their bikinis and, and also on the Tarzan swing and that was said, a big one, a lot of toplessness
1: they said that um, that particular one the, um, the Tarzan? That, that, no, the drop one you were oh. going 60 miles an hour you got to put 60 it. miles an hour on that, yeah. And, and the other thing... Can't you know, breathe. You, you're like... Not, <laughs> and you're also not necessarily falling into pools of chlorinated water. You're falling into...
0: Lake beds.
1: ...filled with fish. This is lake beds that you're jumping into. So this water, it's not like you're utilizing like, healthy... You're landing in dirty-ass water. Like, the boats, it's close. There's dead fish. Like, it is not, like, a clean
0: place. Whole lake's covered with oil yeah. that you're driving the boats around. It's like a slick lake. But that would also, you'd flip the boats. you watch, you see the boats would be like, Tier! and, like, the back would flip out because it would just glide over the oil uh, <laughs> that was, uh, you know, covering the lake. I mean, this thing was insane. Then there were bumper boats. I mean, it, the place was built to hurt you and to trigger fights. I mean, yeah, I really, really feel like, like, like not, yeah, I mean, not in a bad way. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> saying like it, uh, listen. Here's the thing I'm gonna say: if that place did not get built and exist in the years that it did, and I, God rest the souls of anyone who died there. I really, it's a terrible thing. Um, but what I'll say is, a lot more people might have been killed and in jail if that place didn't exist for teenagers in New York and New Jersey to blow off all that steam. Uh,
1: well, I mean, I think that a lot of times too. I mean, six people did die, but I feel like more people die skiing, uh, snow skiing every year. They do.
0: Um, Absolutely, okay. they do.
1: And and snow skiing is a much more dangerous thing than the people that died here. Though you know, this is a place that should be a little more. This
0: expensive. was pretty dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> this was pretty you know, dangerous. There's
1: a lot of injuries, a lot more injuries than that. But at the same time, like
0: oh double digits. something to be,
1: there's something to be said for a place that actually offers you the danger you want from these things. Like the thrill ride is actually the the, the even yeah. if it's, you might die. Yeah, you might. You probably won't. Yeah. But you Um, might. I mean, that's why people jump out of planes. You know, you don't jump out of a plane because it it hurts really bad to jump out of a plane because you get hit with all those pieces of water and it's not, it's fun. But a part of it is like that thrill of, I could die.
0: Right, and it's why people don't jump out of planes.
3: Exactly.
0: Right, because I could die. Right. You know, like, but when you're 16, that's the last thing you're thinking, other than like, you know, oh, someone died. But you're not thinking, I can die. You're like, I'm gonna live.
1: And you're also I'm gonna like, oh, do this who's shit. Who's that girl over there? Watch this! I'm so badass. I'm gonna show her how unscared sh- I am. Hell
0: yeah. Yep, yeah, I'm gonna do this triple foot. No, I'm not. No, Busted my leg in the. Yep, <laughs> that's not well, gonna I work saw out. saw some of
1: the ro- the rash burn you were talking about? Oh, the, and they have oh that road rash. Did you okay? So in the in the show, they have this thing. It's like a spray. It's like an they say it's like iodine and rubbing alcohol, and uh-huh. you have to uh-huh. go into a shed and
0: they draw a circle uh-huh. and they spray. You. Medical you shed. Stay yeah.
1: In the circle, they'll actually give you a prize. And only two people ever stay in the circle. Did you get the spray? Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I did not stay in the circle. <laughs> no, I scream. I cry. I, think I, I actually think I cried. I think I was crying. Actually, I think I was crying when I had the road, you know, like, and then you go in the shed. So then I think I just actually went from crying to maybe like sobbing. No, you know, know, sobbing, like, <gasps> like the kind of thing you don't want like, to see a man do ever. Absolutely. You know, like the worst. Like, it's, 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 it's beyond painful. And, you know, it's a nice warm wound, but don't forget, you can't uh, lay on that side. You can't sleep on that side. It will wake you up. You could be in the deepest sleep, like you could have been roofied, and you like wake, you're like, "Wait, like, ah, oh, my." It's the worst, man. But at the, but the same the best. time,
1: that's a that's a badge of honor when you get back to school, right? You got the rash, right? You you're like, "Oh, oh yeah, what is that?" And you're like, "Oh, that's that's Action Park," because I you know I went down. I'm not afraid.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I went down. I was going so fast, I didn't even I didn't have the brake on the whole time. Right. Yeah. Right. Meanwhile, like, I was like, eee! with the brake, I'm like, oh, I didn't want to go off, and I went off anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, off you know, but, yeah, they were mostly broken, and basically, you're given a piece of plastic, like a plastic sled that's hollow, by the way, it's hollow, with a wheel in the middle, right? And then mm-hmm. one stick that basically stops the wheel, you know, it's a brake, uh, or, or releases. Half the brakes don't work, or they work, like, 80%, 60%, and even if you ride the brake, there are just places in the turns on this, it's, it's this narrow, it's like a toboggan thing where you're just like, dink! And you, <laughs> you didn't even do anything. You were riding the brake. It's just like, nope, sorry. You're going to eat great. cement. Yes. Well, so that documentary is well worth watching and just to see the subculture and what went on. Yeah. And also, you know, if you're looking for, uh, you know, to blueprint how we ended up here, this is a great place to start.
1: <laughs> you know, and, and it, it definitely is a different time. I mean, a lot of, there's a lot of footage from, an old MTV summer where Ricky Ratman from uh, Headbangers Ball is hanging out with uh, Allison
0: Lane Stanley, right? Uh-huh. Dead. I was thinking then Jerry Cantrell. You know that was crazy. All right, so wait. We watched Bill and Ted, right? We did you did. watch it?
1: And we're going to talk with you know, we get, and we're going to talk a lot of Bill and Ted on
0: Thursday. But okay, so should we watch. wait and not even talk about it?
1: I want. All I want to say is this. You know, okay. it's not. You know, nostalgia is always going to get you, and so it's not quite everything I wanted, but it's way more than I expected, and I really had a good time.
0: Okay, I agree with that across the board. Uh, here's the other thing I'll say. I challenge anyone to not like Keanu Reeves. I mean, it's Keanu Reeves. It's like, no matter what he does, he finds moments, man. Yeah. He's oh, yeah. funny. He Alex Winter's funny, but he's a little cringy, right? And, and, but he always was. I think that was, like, his thing, and he does right. it so well. Um, who plays? William Sadler plays Death? Oh,
1: yeah. Death, he, Death is the... Uh the uh the, the the guy on this as far as I'm but he's
0: also the robot right
1: death uh is um, let me see i'll just check but um
0: he no is, the that, robot's
1: someone different that. that's absolutely william sadler you're right yeah and he is the undercover mp M, mvp
0: yeah he's fantastic um i, I like the girls i right do too I like the girls, you know, um, I thought, you know, they, listen, and, and what they've done in a very, very smart manner that they're all going to make money on for the rest of their lives is wait till, you know, little Bill and Ted new adventure. Yeah. And absolutely. it's the girl movie, you know? Absolutely. Uh, but it's absolutely, listen, if you liked Bill and Ted at all, this is, you, it's a must-see. Mm-hmm. And well, if you, know you know didn't, was- binge them
2: all. Do
1: you know who the, re- the robot was? No. Um, Anthony Kerrigan he is the um, the guy with the alopecia in um, Barry <gasps> that's him yeah he is a funny guy. The, he's, he's
0: so that's why player. he was so funny
1: in, in MV, he's, he was funny in this and he's the MVP of Barry too um, oh he's maybe, fantastic yes
0: he's, he's like that Ted Lasso guy yeah. you know what I mean like in, yes. as a gangster it, absolutely
1: he's yes. so good and that's, that's the that's most
0: bad. positive gangster ever
1: yeah just wants right, to be so, friends with everybody but you know to <laughs> shoot somebody every once in a while
0: now that makes sense. Really, so sorry about that. So sorry. <laughs> I mean, okay. So, so we can We definitely recommend this. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, if you're, we'll, we'll really yeah. dig into it later. But I, 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 on I Thursday. Say,
1: um, you know, and this is what I, I have gotten. Um, not my fill-up, but, I'd start, but it's, it But it really satiates me, and I'm really glad about it. We have this show. We got a new Ted Lasso, which we can talk about for a few minutes. Um, yeah. We've got, you know, we've got, um, we've got uh, Bill and Ted. We got some feel good stuff, some stuff that has a makes you give gives you the nice tingles at the end of the day, you know, that makes you go. Alright, well I know that there's a lot of shit out there and I you can't I don't wanna wash away it that's you know by any means, but it's nice to watch them something where you go, Oh, I feel pretty good after this. It feels <laughs> nice. I'm glad.
0: You're talking about right. Ted Lasso?
1: I'm talking about Ted Lasso, I'm talking about Bill and Ted. I watched the end of Bill and Ted twice just because I wanted to Just feels, to get the just, feels. Just to get the feels.
0: So, Ted Lasso, should we take a minute and talk okay. about the new episode? Because again, and you know, it's funny. This episode started out weaker to me, mm-hmm. just to be honest. And, in, and I was like, "Oh, I like it better when we're in the world of the soccer team and the owner." Um, but it ended up so strong. Yeah. I mean, it got me all the feels again. I mean, you cried. I didn't cry, but I'm not crying. You cried. I
1: cried both times. <laughs>
0: I, I did too. I, I got to tell you, I, I, teared up on that. Um, listen, this was an important episode, right? He had to get rid of the family.
1: He had to, I mean, it's just part of that thing. You either are going to have him have to pine for it the whole time, which is an annoying staple of these types of shows, or you have Don't to wants that. that. Nobody right. wanted that. And that's what normally they do. Um, what I was really interested about was this was not a thing where, you know, I, I, I had that idea that maybe he screwed up because she didn't love him, but that wasn't the case.
0: Um, I had and, that idea that he didn't.
1: Yeah, and you did. So that's <laughs> that's the whole thing. Like, she just... They, they grew apart. She wanted something different, and...
0: Well, he still loved her. That was and, the vulnerable part he, that I liked.
1: he still really loved her, and she really wanted to love him. But she was in a different place, and she fell out of love, and the optimism, you know... And this is true with anybody. Like, some of the things you fall in love with some people for are the same reason you want to fucking murder them two years later. Later
0: know? on, yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. so
1: it wasn't that he did anything wrong it's just that she evolved into somebody that was interested in different things and her guilt for not feeling that way is what
0: or feeling the it. same
1: yeah not feeling the same way he did mm. was what pushed it away and that's a, I think a and you know it actually is more honest to the character mm-hmm. and in a way uh, a lot more tragic
0: listen I agree with you and I think it was also a very vulnerable choice you know because she looks at him and says to him listen I really want to I'm trying to get it back But I just can't, you know. But I'll try. I'll try harder. That's what she says. And you're like. And also, what I liked was that again. And I think it's you know, when you have a team of people like the people on this show, uh, it's a very uh, reasonable woman that they cast as his wife. It's not this young, hot, or you know what I mean. It's like this Mm -hmm. person he met at college, who aged gracefully, is very beautiful, you know. And it's the exact right woman that that guy would have married, with the exact right kind of weird, doofy kid, you know, like. Right, like a little doofy, like a little off, <laughs> but they did. They didn't. They didn't shy away from any of no, it, and that's no, what I really enjoyed. A, yeah, exactly. And, and so I felt again, it was a good choice, and, and she was a strong character too. It wasn't like, oh, here's the uh, you know two dimensional wife and kids, and let's get them in and out real fast. And yeah, it didn't work. They really did some exploration, I think, and comparing it to Nates and and uh, coaches, Coach Beard,
1: Coach Beard. Yeah. I love Coach Beard I love Coach Beard so much
0: Yeah, and it's every, you know, aspect of a relationship And, you know, they're all going through the different realms of it They tease the, uh, my, my favorite crush, Keeley And, uh, the, uh, veteran player What's his name? Oh, fuck yeah. off, fuck off, that guy? Oh, oh, oh yeah,
1: uh, <laughs> that is, uh, that is Brett Goldstein plays Roy
0: Ah, Brett Goldstein, he's... That guy's so funny. And also, by the way, okay, what did you get from the moment with Ted Lasso's kid and Jamie? Jamie taught. I think. Jamie taught dun Here's what I I think honestly. Jamie taught. Yeah, I can't stop.
1: well, I see the baby shark around the house all the time. Um so here's what I actually got out of that. I okay. think that because Ted was so vulnerable his wife and he's already frustrated, I think that what that scene was supposed to do was, I think that the, the honest way Ted would have played that and the, the reality of it is he wouldn't have let him play that day at all. And I think that-
0: Yeah, I was waiting for that.
1: So I think that in order for him to get and be like I think for story purposes, you had to have the kid jump in for him to be a little bit nice to the kid because he loves his fans, or at least he wants to have that thing out there that gives Ted right. a, enough of a feeling that he's okay that he doesn't
0: just kick him out right there. That's what I think that scene was for. Yeah, no, I I, I think you nailed it, actually, I, because it, it disturbed me a little, that scene, because it almost felt like, and this is where I think the writing was just great, it almost felt like, you know, uh, Jamie was doing it on purpose, like, fuck you, your kid likes me better. Oh, I'm cursing a lot. I can't curse at all tomorrow, Jason, remind me. <laughs> Seriously, no cursing tomorrow. But he's almost like looking at him like, screw you. Your kid likes me more than he likes you. What are you going to do about it?
1: Yeah. Well, I think there could be a little bit of that, but I think in general, it's because there's fans and he's, you know, yep. you just, you know, that it's one of those things. I think it's a parent's thing. Like, you can want to fight somebody, but if your kids get along, you don't, you know, you just, you like, run from them. <laughs> and I think right. it was a little more, I think it was to, to give Smart. Ted a reprieve so there was that opportunity to take him out later. Because otherwise, the, you can't play that character honestly and have him play because that's not who Ted is. Ted would have kicked him off the team right there.
0: Yes, and, and, you know, you're, A, yes. Right? Everything you just said, yes. B, what, you know, you kind of knew it was going to happen, right? But they, still, it's done so well, and what it opens up now is, you know, Jamie gets benched, and you know, they score, right? It's like, and all of a sudden, they win. And it's like, wait, we don't need this guy. And you, even though, and this is my mark of a good show, like Mr. Kep was saying, you know, there are certain tropes, there are certain things you just have to do, and the audience will not stand for it if you don't do it. So you know this is coming. You know, they're going to bench Jamie. We're going to find their own. But it still felt organic.
1: It did, and it, it felt good. And, you know, him leaving and being pissed, but it also, this is your, also your only gateway to redemption for that character. This is a show that's gonna run yes. multiple seasons, and he's gonna be a star of it for multiple seasons, and he can't be the villain forever. He's gotta, his redemption's gonna come by the end of the season, so he can become a part of the, you know, the good guy, so that whatever next problem happens, happens, right? right. And so, in order for him to become re- redeemed, he has to kinda go to the bottom, and he's gonna fight again. Next week, so if you look at the previews, they're gonna bring in another star, and Where are you finding previews? There's previews on the Apple app. If you look on the Apple app, next week is going to be, about, I haven't seen any of it, but it tells a little description. It says, they're bringing, it's called Two Aces, and so they're going to bring in a new star because Ooh. he's refusing to work, and so that's going to be that next ah. thing. And uh, you can I love of, it. You know, and like, like we talked about, there's and this is true in Bill Lawrence's shows, his ensemble cast, there's not a villain, right? There might be a big a heavy to a point or the situation, but he is going to make yep. this cast, this cast is going to get along, eventually and you kind of got to get through that you've already because he, he breaks it down quick the the owner is already not
0: a you know bad guy yeah it's like oh that picture came up now it's gone yep. it's not an issue anymore they already broke up okay wait we have to go We're, we, we did it remember i said oh we have so much time and then it's gonna go fast and <laughs> here, gonna, here we are so forever. so can i so ted lasso bill and ted's recommend recommend across the board david Kep, yard work on amazon audible Listen to this thing with Kevin Bacon uh, narrating. Um, I guess we're going, right, Jason? We go. We're going. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for being here today. Stay safe. Stay sane. Stay strong. Jason Smith.
1: Cliff Dorfman. Thank you, everybody. I love you.
3: <laughs> A podcast. <clears throat> A podcast network.